Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to all of our campuses, McKinney, Prosper, Frisco West, all of you online, all of us here at Frisco East. How many having a good day so far? Extra hour of sleep? Yeah? God's will. Let's do this every day, you know? Um, so glad you're here. Two things, two things before I dive into the brand new series, excited about this, um, but thank you. October in the United States is Pastor Appreciation Month, and uh, you guys blessed our team. I just wanted to say thank you. Our tradition here at Hope, it's for all the staff pastors, not for me. Uh, it's for the staff pastors across all of our campuses, central offices, and, and so thank you. We have a great team, and you blessed them last month. So thank you for that. Number two, thank you for your giving. Um, This weekend, we put together 1,500 boxes of food for the needy in our area for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. And I just want to say thank you. That happens because you give. I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars that we spend on all the groceries and so forth. Thank you for making a difference in our area for people who are in need, um, and I'm just, I'm just grateful. Now, we're in a new series called The Good Life. You ever thought about that? What is the good life? Um, many of us might say, if you're off the cuff, just saying, you know, my family. The, having a good family is, is the good life. Having a good job, a good house. Um, maybe some of you would say, my relationship with God Maybe some of you would say it's, it's, you know, great life living in America and we have freedom and, you know, we have the American dream and we can get this and we can get that. And maybe it's uh, the money that you make, the career that you have. And it's not necessarily that any of those things are bad, but in this series, what we want to do is give you the foundation of what a good life is. I'm not saying that family's not uh, a part of having a good life. Uh, absolutely it is. I'm not saying that having a good job is not a part of the good life or having things. All those things are great. But there is a foundation that I believe the Bible is crystal clear on. And over the next few weeks today, we're going to talk about the good life and it's understanding your purpose. Understanding why it is that you're here. Next week, we're going to talk about compassion. And then the third week, we're going to talk about community. And all these weeks, they're going to just give us a foundation for what many of us call the good life, but we really, if we were clear, we don't, we don't know how to describe that. Well, hopefully, we're going to lay the foundation for that. And we have two foundational scriptures for this series. So every week, we're going to visit these two passages. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose, so the thief has a purpose, the enemy, and that is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So Jesus has a purpose. There is a reason why he is going to do what he's going to do after he says this, give his life as a ransom for our sin, to reconcile us to God. There's a reason he says this. He says, when you accept what I've done, you're going to have a rich and satisfying life. Now, that life doesn't mean you're going to be rich, doesn't mean you're going to be famous, doesn't mean you're going to be successful in the eyes of the world. We're going to understand this in a minute, but there's a rich and satisfying life that Jesus offers. The enemy comes when we put our trust in the things of this world, 
when we get out of alignment and our priorities get into a different category and we make work or career or money or partying or whatever the good life, then it's going to steal. It's going to kill. It's going to rob us of everything that Jesus came to give. Jeremiah 29, 11. This particular passage is important to me. It's where we derived the name of our church, Hope Fellowship. And the specific context of this passage, I understand, is specifically speaking to Israel in their captivity. And the Lord is giving them a promise of, hey, listen, it's not always going to be like this because I have plans for you says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. The context for Israel was in captivity. Hey, I've got better plans for you. The principle, the overarching principle, we see this theme throughout the Bible from beginning to end, that God has a plan. It's not by accident that you and I are here. It's not by just happenstance that you and I happen to be where we're at, the job that we have, the neighborhood we live in, the school that we go to, the college that we attend, there's a reason why we're here. And the definition for purpose is this, reason for being. This is the dictionary definition, reason for being. And this is the age-old question, philosophers, pastors, teachers, priests, all of us, figuring out why are we here? And that's the big question today. Why are we here? Well, I want to give us some context for this and and answer that question and help us lay, again, the foundation for what the good life really is. Because when we put our trust in money, when we put our trust in anything other than God, we lose. Because we all know that all those things do not bring you a rich and satisfying life. Those things can help, but they can't buy you peace. They cannot buy you joy. Many, many wealthy people are the most unhappy people because money doesn't buy everything. Doesn't mean money's evil. Doesn't mean your job is evil. Doesn't mean your family's evil. Just means that when you get your priorities out of whack, the good life you're missing. And so I want to give you some observations. The overarching reason for why we are here. In other words, why would God, why would God create us? Some observations. The first one is this, God's purpose for creation, just going back to the very beginning, is relationship. The very reason we are here is because God wanted a relationship with his creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says it like this. This is the very beginning. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the livestock, all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, unlike the lions. Lions are awesome from a distance, right? Bears are awesome from a distance. I've seen lions in Africa. It's an incredible thing. Cheetahs, leopards, giraffe, rhinos. I've seen the bears in Yosemite and Yellowstone. It's an incredible thing from a distance. But we're not like them. They all came before us, but we were different. We were created not in a image, 
We were created in his image. And in the image of God, he created them, both male and female, he created them. And then you go to the next chapter, Genesis 2, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. In other words, God looked at Adam and said, I can do better. (laughs) That's not really what, that's not the Hebrew, okay? That's not what he said. But in other words, he looks at Adam and he says, that's good, but it it's not good that you're alone. We'll talk about that, we'll talk about that in week three in, when we talk about community. Go to the next chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter three, and here's what happens. Adam and Eve are tricked by the enemy. They eat of the free, the one commandment that God said, hey, don't eat of this tree, knowledge of good and evil. They did it, and this is the, these are the, this is the picture right after they rebelled. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, which is an unbelievable picture of the relationship that God had with his creation. He walked with them in the garden. He talked with them. So they hid from the Lord God because they saw him coming. They knew he was going to come. They were hiding, waiting for him to come because this was, I guess, a regular occurrence. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees. When the Lord God called to the man, where are you? This speaks of an incredible relationship that God had with his creation. So the very reason that that we were created, going back to the creation, the very reason was, was relationship. The very purpose of life is not to accumulate all the stuff that we enjoy or love. The the very reason or purpose of, of life was not even family, how much we love family, but that wasn't the reason. It was relationship with him. But brokenness, what we call sin, entered the picture. And when it did, our relationship with God, walking with him in the garden, talking with him in the garden, that ended. And there was a disconnect in our relationship, a brokenness that sin brought about. So the second observation is, what is God's answer for brokenness? Well, same answer as his reason for creation, relationship. His answer to brokenness is relationship. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. As he's talking to Adam and Eve, he's talking to the serpent. He says this, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals. That's why snakes are not of God. I'm just telling you. I'm sorry. I know some of you are, I'm just telling you. Not of God. Shouldn't be around. I mean, they can be around somewhere else, but not around me, all right? Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild, and I know they're good, so don't send me an email on that. I know that snakes are good for certain things, okay? So they're good for that. Great. Keep them away. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your, listen to this, I'm going to cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, speaking of Jesus, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. From the very beginning of brokenness, God had an answer, and that was relationship. That he would send his son, God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5, Paul the apostle says it like this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored, so in other words, it was broken. Our relationship, our friendship with God was broken. It was distant at best. What Jesus has done, since our friendship with God is restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. The answer to brokenness, to sin, is relationship. The lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth. In other words, God had a plan from the very beginning. If this were to happen, if there's a rebellion, if there's sin, there's already an answer. His very reason for creation, relationship. His answer to brokenness and sin, relationship. Restored. What was broken now becomes restored, not because you're good, not because I'm good, not because you deserve it or I deserve it, but because God loves us. And Jesus pays the price for that. And he restores, he brings back the broken pieces of our lives, the broken relationship with God. So the very reason for creation is his purpose. Is he just wants relationship. The very answer to brokenness is relationship. And the third observation which brings us to the question, what is God's purpose for us right now? Well, again, if this, is, this is a test in which you will pass every time. There's only one answer. Relationship. What is God's purpose for you? Have you ever thought about why am I here? It's because of, it's, it's for relationship. You and I were created for relationship. End of story. There's no other reason. And stay with me now. So if you're, if you're a real thinker and you're like, no, I don't know if I, just stay with me. His purpose for our lives, you personally, me personally, is relationship. Matthew chapter 22 when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment that we could ever keep? Matthew 22, here's what he says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. So, so in other words, hey, the greatest thing, the most important thing that you and I can do is learn to love God with everything that we have relationship. The second, which is equally as important, is learning to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments right here. Love God, love people. That's why you and I exist. Now, again, foundationally, I understand you have a job. I understand I have a job. I understand you have family. I understand I have family. All those things are not wrong. But the underlying foundation for why it is that you're breathing, why it is that you have the job that you have, why it is that you live in the neighborhood that you live in, why it is that you go to the school that you go to or the college that you attend, the very reason that you and I exist today is because of relationship with him, learning to love him, and then that love overflowing to learning to love our neighbor. That's the reason for being. That is our purpose. 
And so since the beginning, as it, as it relates to Hope Fellowship and you and I coming together as his church here at this church, specifically local church, why is it that we as a church exist? Well, it's the same reason that you and I exist personally. This is our mission statement that we've had. We've said it different ways, but this is why we exist. Inviting everyone. That speaks of relationship. When you're in relationship, that's, that's, that's inviting people investing in their lives, inviting them into relationship to find Jesus, and then helping them move to the center of God's purpose for their lives. So here's what we have here. The great commandment, which is loving God and loving people, right here, and the great commission, go and make disciples. This is why you and I exist. This is why we as a church exists for relationship. In 2000, 21 years ago, actually in January, it be 22 years, we started this church with this very heart in mind, to learn how to love God and to learn how to love our neighbor, to create a church in which we could invite our friends to, that hopefully that would be casual, Obviously, we're not a church for everybody. We have a style, and not everybody likes our style, and that's totally fine. There's other great churches around here. But our heart was to reach out to those who, were, who have been disconnected, disconnected from God so that we can invite them into a relationship with them so that what Jesus does is just put us back together, our relationship with God. And maybe you come from a different kind of church when you were growing up, but it didn't relate to you. It didn't, it didn't have relevance to you. And so you find yourself at this non-denominational church who just offers you an invitation to be in relationship with him and with us. So we started this church in 2000. A year later, we bought the property in which we are on, um, this nine acres. Now we have 11, but the nine acres that we originally bought here in Frisco back in 2001. In 2005, we built our first building. It was a tiny little building, 15,000 square feet. Some of your houses are bigger than our first building. Okay, maybe two of you. 15,000 square feet, 500-seat auditorium, and we were in five services within just a few years. And we were like, okay, what do we do? Two services on Saturday night, three services on Sunday morning. We were like, okay, what do we do? So we said, okay, let's, let's double the size of our auditorium. Let's build some children's space. So we did. 09, we doubled the size of our auditorium. We went back to two services, which was awesome for, for me. And then in a year and a half, we were back to five services. Two on Saturday night, three on Sunday morning. Awesome thing to have, right? It's just because we're just reaching people, disconnected people. And obviously, we live in a growing area. And that, there's no doubt about that, that that helps uh, in our area as far as growth. People moving here from all over the United States, all over the world for that matter. And, and it gives us an opportunity to reach more people. So in 2009, we did that. And we were in five services soon after that. And we were like, okay, what do we do? Well, we bought a grocery store in McKinney, Texas, Albertsons, on 380 and 75. Now, how can a grocery store on 380 and 75 go out? Because we prayed that it would go out. And no, I'm kidding. We did, not, we did not pray that it would go out. But we bought an Albertsons, an old grocery store, in 2011. And in 2012, we opened the doors of our McKinney campus. And it's been awesome ever since. A year later... In West Frisco. Now, in Frisco, Texas, on Main Street, 
How could a grocery store go out of business? Al another Albertsons. We prayed that it would go out, and it <laughs> you know I'm kidding. We bought that Albertsons, renovated it, and in 14, we started that campus. So, so Frisco East was, was mothered by two churches that you, you do not know, one in Nashville and one in Irving, Texas. Those two churches I was on staff at, and they mothered us. In other words, they made Frisco East happen. Without their support, we would never have been able to start. McKinney was started and supported by Frisco East, and we bought that building. And then Frisco West, Frisco East, and McKinney looked at that campus and said, hey, we got an opportunity here, and they, we bought that property. Now, this campus still continued to grow. We started those campuses, but this campus continuing to grow. We're in five services again. So we're like, okay, what do we do? So we decided, okay, let's build on this Rolliter campus. So we did in 18, we built what we have here at this campus. Great facility, so grateful, finished that. And then a year later, we finished this in 18. A year later in 19, we started a Prosper campus in September of that year. Prosper, shout out. Everybody say hi to Prosper. We love you guys. Hey, guys. Yes. So in 19, we started the Prosper campus, and it was incredible. I mean, we had over 1,000 people coming every weekend before COVID, and then COVID. But we didn't stop. In fact, in those, in those days, the highest attendance of our church, and people don't really realize because we're at different campuses and you come to different services and all you see is one service, but across all of our campuses on a, on a weekly basis, eight or 9,000 people every weekend before COVID, and about fifteen to 16,000 a month on the weekend, different people, not including the kids on Wednesday night, the students. God was just, it's just been an incredible ride incredible ride. But in 2020, last year, the month before COVID started, we bought and paid cash for 2,000, I mean, uh, um, 18 acres, not 2,000 acres, I wish, but, two, uh, but 18 acres right on Prosper Trail, right? And here's the tollway going north, about a third of a mile on the, on the west, northwest of, of, of uh, the tollway. We bought 18 acres, paid cash for it, and we were awesome. So during COVID, obviously things were like crazy. We just thought, man, what are we going to do? Let's just wait. Let's just work internally on with our architects and builder. So anyway, long story short, we have an opportunity, just like Frisco East and just like McKinney and just like Frisco West, we have an opportunity to build a permanent house and a permanent facility in Prosper. We meet at the high school, which is an awesome blessing but it costs a lot of money to rent that per week. And we're, we love it. We're so grateful, but it's a lot of money going out for that. And it can't be a permanent thing. We can't just live there forever. So we bought the, the acres in 2020. The architects have been working. And so now we have an opportunity to do the same thing we did in Frisco, McKinney, Frisco West, to do in Prosper. Let me show you what we've been working on for the last, no, oh, eight months. This is on the... 18 acres. This is the Prosper campus. Now, we bought all the houses around us so that we could bulldoze them down <laughs> and just be by ourselves, okay? So, this is uh, 37 to 40,000 square feet, 800-seat um, auditorium, kids' space, elementary space, a few classrooms, uh, a lobby, parking lot, and uh, I think that's about it for, for that campus. But um, 
man, this is beautiful. Our architects did a great job working with our team. And there's some still shots here. This is the auditorium. It's an 800-seat auditorium, expandable to 1,200 if we need it, without breaking exterior walls. There's the lobby. And here's what I want to say about the, these things. These are just great pictures. And you can show, Mike, you can just show them as I'm talking. But can I just tell you that when, we, when you see that auditorium, I want you to not see just chairs and screens and a building. I want you to understand that there are thousands of people that will go, go to this campus. That on Wednesday night, hundreds of teenagers will fill that auditorium and be discipled and trained and reached for Jesus Christ long after you and I are gone. We got to babysit our granddaughter this weekend, Lucy, and, which is an awesome joy. Uh, we're, I'm teaching her Greek as we speak <laughs> to study the scripture deeper. But I couldn't help but as I prepared for this message, I couldn't help but think that Lucy and her friends are going to be the next leaders of all these campuses that you and I have been a part of. I'll be gone. But the next generation will take over. And, and the next generation after that. And the next generation after that. So when, when, it's, when, the, when we think of purpose and the good life, I, I can't think of a better opportunity and a better investment for our dollars than the local church. And here's what I mean by that. I'm talking about kingdom invest, investment. Without the local church, the next generation suffers. Without a local church, missions around the world in large part does not happen. And I don't say that pridefully. I just say that it's a reality. The missionaries that we support, the compassion stuff through Convoy of Hope and Minuteman disaster with Hurricane. We just had people in Louisiana just a few weeks ago from our church renovating and helping people through the hurricanes. Can I just tell you, those kinds of things don't happen without the local church. So when you think of, oh, that's just another building, I don't want you to think of it in those terms. I want you to think about it as relationship with God and with people. That the best investment kingdom-wise for our dollar is the local church. And we have an opportunity. And I thank God for the two churches that made this church possible. I thank God for the opportunity for this church to make McKinney possible. And then Frisco West to be made possible by McKinney and Frisco East. And then Frisco West and Frisco East and McKinney to make Prosper possible. And then Prosper and all of us together will make Salina or Savannah or Melissa or wherever God has us possible. And it just goes like that. It goes like that. So here's what we want to do. First of all, I want to say that if you're visiting with us today, this, this part of the message is not for you. Hope you enjoy it and I hope you understand a little bit of our heart and, and what we're trying to do in this area for Jesus and for his gospel. But this building, we need to raise $10 million over the next two years. That's a lot of money, but we have a lot of people. So here's my, this is just a formula that I've had in my mind as to how could we do this without it being weird. Okay, so have you ever been in a church that raised money and it was weird and you left and you're just like, yeah, I'm not, don't raise your hand. But you're just like, this is weird, I'm going. We've done this before. We've raised money before and every time it's been a hassle, honestly. We've kind of gone by the book for what, you know, what consultants tell you to do, do this, do that. And I'm, not, I'm all for consultants, they can help. But this time we just said, we're not doing that because I don't want to make it weird for you or for me. If you're here at Hope and you're visiting for us today, or maybe you've been checking us out, you don't have to leave our church because we're building a building. 
Okay? You don't have to leave our church because we're raising money. This is simply an invitation. If, let me put it on the screen, how we could do this debt-free. If 2,000 of us would give 5,000 above and beyond our regular giving, that's an important part, about our regular giving, over the two-year period, we can pay cash for this building. Just like that. How many think cash debt-free is good? Right? That's an awesome thing. And so, now you're thinking, man, how, you may not, you may look at this number and you may go, that's easy. Some of you, God is blessed in that way financially. And, and, and that's like a, oh yeah, you can do that 10 times over. You can do that 100 times over, some of you. Some of us look at that number and go, ooh, and there's no way. John, you don't understand. Here's, I'm, this is just a, in my head, a formula of a way in which I've not met with any potential big giver at all. I've not met with any teams. I've not met with any groups of people. I have not met with anybody in this church about this journey except this weekend. Other than our elders, I'm sorry, I met with our elders, but other than that. So all of us are hearing this at the same time. Prosper Campus in May got to look at these pictures, a a version of these pictures in May, and I told them, hey, in fall, here's what we're planning to do. We'll see how God works, how COVID is, and how our country is, all that stuff. But we just believe, you know, it's it's a matter of, it's time. It's time for us to move forward, and I believe we can do this, but don't get hung up on this. Some of you can do more, but some of you, can I just tell you that anything above and beyond your regular giving, it's all of us doing our part. It may be a hundred bucks, it may be a thousand dollars, it doesn't matter. I'm just inviting you to this journey, because here's what I believe, that when you say yes to the Lord, and you just say, hey, I understand this is not just about a building, bricks and mortar, this is about people, and I'm not, not trying to manipulate this, it is what it is. We've been doing this for 21 years and we'll continue to do so whether you get in it or not. But I believe it is a great thing for you to be a part of what God is doing in and through our church. So there's two things that I want to leave you with regarding this journey. No pressure, just an invitation. No pressure. I will never know if you don't give. I will never know if you get. That's not what I, I mean. I may know that people are giving, but it doesn't matter. If you don't want to give, you don't, you don't have to give. You can stay here and enjoy. It's an invitation to the journey. The second thing is if you don't want to leave your name, no problem, right? So there's a card here. You're going to get a card. I didn't give it to you on purpose because you'd be looking at it the whole service and it'd be distracting and you'd be mad and you'd leave or whatever, right? This is, you're going to get this card across all of our campuses when you walk out the doors. You can take one if you want one. If you don't want to take one, you don't have to. This is just a commitment card, and the first weekend of December, I'm asking everybody, all of us that love hope, called to this, and you know, you're going to accept that invitation from the Lord, from me, to be a part of this. I want you to pray over the next month about what it is that you and your family could give over and above your regular giving. So if you give $5,000 right now a year, and you say, well, I can't do another five, for that. that's, no, that's $2,500 extra a year, but I could give 1000 whatever it is. Maybe somebody's fifty. Maybe some of you, it's 150, whatever it is. Pray about it for a month. And the first weekend of December, we're going to take the cards in. And also, you can go online. You can text this number, 97,000. And then in the subject, put Prosper, and it will give you all the information that you could ever want about this building. Videos and pictures and, and all that stuff, numbers. 
Text PROSPER to 97000 or go to hopefellowship.net slash PROSPER updates. All that information is the same. But on this text, it will send you a link. You get the, the pledge card. You get video. You get all the information that you need. Here's the deal. It's, a, it's an invitation. And I hope that you'll join me. Over the next month, you're going to pray about this. First week into December, we'll turn our cards in. Either online, you can do it online, or you can do it in person. If you don't want to put your name on it, now listen, if you're going to be a wise guy and say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to pull one over on John. I'm going to say a million dollars on here without my name on it. God will find you. <laughs> I will find you. But it, I understand that's a deal for some. You don't have to put your name on it. It's okay. We just want, I just want to know that you're with us. So if you would, over the next month, I'll talk more about that later. But for the closing, I want, to, I want us to push all of this aside. I want to go back to number two point, observation, is God's answer for brokenness. And the answer is relationship. And many of us, as I'm talking in the last, you know, 10 minutes, you're, you're, in your mind, you're just thinking, can I be honest, John, the last thing I need to hear when I walked in this door is about your building deal. And that may be true. You walked into this campus, or maybe you're even watching online, another campus, maybe you're Prosper, man, glad, hope, hope you're excited, McKinney or Frisco West, and, and you walked in with a lot of brokenness in your life. Maybe you're an unbeliever, in other words, you're not yet believing in Jesus, you, you don't really understand this whole thing, and, but yet you keep coming and, and you're here, but your life is a mess. It could be, it could be a relationship a marriage, it could be finances, it could be your job, it could be sin, it could be all those, all the above. But you walked in here with a heavy load, and maybe you walked in and you're a believer, but you have the same thing going on in your life. A relationship, a marriage, financial problems, challenges from COVID, whatever it is. Maybe your kids, and I don't mean this to be funny, but maybe your kids right now are really challenging. They're teenage years and they're making decisions that you're just looking and you're just going, God, what am I going to do? And the last thing you wanted to hear was, hey, we're raising money. But I wanted to go back to this point. Because all of us come to Jesus the same way. Jesus doesn't say, hey, John, hey, whoever you are, before you come to me, you better clean your mess up. Jesus didn't say, hey, you better get some things straight before you come to me because I mean business. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Jesus in Matthew, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdens. Carry heavy burdens and I will give you what? Rest. I'll give you peace. See, Jesus invites our mess. He doesn't say, hey, clean up your mess and then come to me. He says, hey, bring me your mess and I'll give you my peace. Bring me your mess, and I'll give you my joy. Bring me your mess, and I'll give you my love. The father on the porch waiting for his prodigal son. So if you walked in here, watching online, and you would describe your life as broken, the pieces are there. The only one, let me tell you something, alcohol, 
drugs, prescription or otherwise, wrong relationships, money, none of that will put your life back together. You and I both know that. The only person who can put our life, the broken pieces of our life, the brokenness of our life, whether you're a believer or not, is Jesus. The answer to brokenness is relationship. And God invites us. He sent his son. He loved the world, loved you and me so much that he sent his son. So that if you would believe in him, he would give you eternal life. He would trade you your burdens for his peace. So I want you to bow your heads and I want us to pray together. And if you walked into one of our campuses or maybe you're sitting in your living room or hotel room, bedroom online and and, and you would just say, John, you just described my life in many ways. And for whatever reason, you're broken. There's a brokenness about you and, and you need to just invite the Lord into your brokenness, whether you're a believer or not. If you're here today across our campuses online and you would say, I need Jesus to put back the pieces of my life today, would you just raise your hand and say, John, pray for me because I need Jesus to put this back together. Raise your hand. Yes. 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 Thank you. Across all of our campuses, McKinney, Frisco West, Prosper, online. Anybody else just say, John, I just need the Lord. I need to invite him into my life to pick up those pieces. Thank you. Lord, so grateful. So grateful for your peace that you give in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our storm. And your purpose for creation was relationship. Your answer for brokenness is relationship. And your purpose for our lives is relationship. Simple. Relationship with you, relationship with others. God, we invite you right now in the brokenness of our lives, in the challenges of our lives, to put back the pieces that it can only put back together through what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. We put our faith in what he did, and we trade you our heartbreak. We trade you our unforgiveness. We trade you what our ex-husband or wife did to us. We trade you our dilemma. And we receive now your forgiveness, your love, and your peace. In the name that is above every name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.